thank you for this opportunity to come before you and to worship. We thank you for your loving care and that we celebrate this time of your birth and coming into this world to, to be able to sacrifice for us. We ask you to bless this time in your son's name. Amen. All right, so we're going to look real shortly here at John chapter 1 and verse, starting at verse 1 through verse 15. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness to the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that comes into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He, made, he came into his own, and in he, they received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of the man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and mercy. So we look at this, and we think about how Jesus came to this world, and we're celebrating it, and as we've said before, who knows what day he was born, this is the day we're celebrating. But, you know, we look at this and say, he came as God, with a purpose in mind. And we read this, the John starts out different than all the other Gospels. He talks about the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh. God became flesh. And this is pretty an amazing thought. God of heaven became a man with the purpose in mind of dying 33 years later on a cross. And this whole section that we're looking here, the whole purpose of the holiday that we're looking at celebrating is God became flesh to dwell for us so that he would die on a cross. And this is something that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of known a little bit as a Scrooge about Christmas because I don't get real excited about the Christmas as a holiday. I get excited about Jesus coming to, to be born for us. That excites me. The problem I have with Christmas is it gets lost. <laughs> the message of God gets lost so often. You know, he came for us. And this is something I want to keep bringing back to us. You know, we've had a whole series of demythologizing Christmas for the last couple weeks. You know, talking about how all the things that we think are so lovely and wonderful haven't been so great. And we talked this morning of, of his birth and the shepherds coming to see him as he's laying in a stinky stable, laying in a feeding trough. <laughs> now, we like to call it a manger and everything and make it sound really good, but he's laying in a feeding trough that just a few hours before that, the animals had been eating out of. You know, we think about this. God came to earth to be a man. He didn't come to the castle. He didn't come to the house on the top of the hill with the, with the rich people. He came to a poor family who came to pay their taxes and were stuck in a, basically a cave where the animals would be, a stable, a cave, laying in a feeding trough. The word became flesh. 
You would think that God would be one say, okay, I'm going to come and down these people, and I'm going to go take the best house. I created everything. It's all mine. I'll, I'll live in the best house, and he didn't. Born to a couple that we know from the next verses in Luke tell us that when eight days after he was born, they went to give the offering, and what did they give? Two turtle doves. <laughs> that was the poor person's offering. That was the person who couldn't afford a lamb. So he's the offering, he was born to a poor family. You know, and you know, it's amazing when we talk to people about Jesus, and I've heard people go, well, God just doesn't understand what I'm going through. Well, I don't know what part of God that they're looking at because Jesus was born in a poor family, born to a mother and a father that he made arrangements for that were going to be looked down upon because Mary was telling everybody that she was a virgin and had a baby. You know, and we think about that. As a Christian, we go, okay, yeah, God's not powerful enough to do it, but think about her neighbors. Think about mom and dad. You know, if you're... If you're daughter came home one day and said, hey, mom, dad, I'm having a baby and it's God's baby. I haven't had any sex. They're going to go, yeah, right. And the Bible doesn't tell us that, but we know that that would have been everybody's answer. Yeah, right, Mary. You know, uh, you have not been the good girl we thought you were. Bad reputation for the parents, poor family, living in, well, Nazareth. And as Nathaniel said, what good comes out of Nazareth? <laughs> you know, we've talked about that. And around here, there's not a place really like that. Maybe somebody saying you live in Birdland. <laughs> you, know, you, you live in where? <laughs> uh, you know, L.A. used to be Watts. You're from Watts. <laughs> uh, New York, you're from, the, you're from Harlem. <laughs> you know, what, what good comes from those places? So he's living in a poor family, bad reputation, in a town where nobody looks for anything good to happen, and God says, this is where I'm going to live. I'm going to be raised by this family in that kind of an environment. He knows what it was like to be rejected. The Pharisees one day when he was talking to them, they go, well, we know who our father is. Implication is, you don't know who your father is. And he talked to them about how before Abraham was, I am is what he said. You know, he was claiming to be God. And we've talked about how many times, you know, a lot of times people will tell you, well, Jesus never said he was God. Jesus very clearly told the people before Abraham was, I am. And what was the response of the people? They picked up rocks to stone him because they knew what he'd said. They knew that he said, I am God. <laughs> they were ready to kill him. Many other similar statements were made by Jesus that said, I am God, without saying the words, I am God. His very name in Hebrew means God saves. That's what his name means. And he became flesh for us. You know, we as human beings have a major problem in our life. We're sinners. <laughs> I hope that wasn't a big surprise for all of you. You know, we're all sinners. <laughs> and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus is that gift. He came to this world with the mindset of not having his birthday celebrated, not having his life celebrated, but having his death, burial, and resurrection celebrated. That was the whole purpose of his coming. 
The angels, when they came to the shepherds, said, A Savior has been born, Christ the Lord. Mary was told, The Messiah, the Savior of this world, is going to be born. Joseph, when he was ready to divorce Mary because of her being pregnant, was told, The son is my son. It's God's son. It's, he's, she has, been, has not been unfaithful to you. Go ahead and marry her. Now, not everybody was told that message. Most of, the, most of Nazareth was not taught that, told that message. They only had Joseph's word and Mary's word that this was God's child. And of course, being natural people, they did not believe that. As none of us would in our day in that day if we had known them. It would not have made sense outside of God's faithfulness. And Jesus is the light, the light that shines. He said, no one comes to the Father except by me. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father without him. And a lot of people in our day and age won't say, well, what about? Yeah. Well, God says no one comes to the Father except through him. And the amazing thing is, when you start listening to the stories, do you know that Jesus is appearing in visions to many people around the world to tell them who he is when they're, when they're wanting to find him? He will make sure the people who need to know who he is will find out who he is. We have missionaries all around the world. Very few people have not heard the gospel message. The amazing thing in America, here we are with a church in every town, or sometimes 30 or, 30 or 40 of them in some towns. There are people in America that have not heard about Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection because of how secularized we're becoming as a nation. Our job as Christians is to go give the message of Christ to people. This celebration should be a celebration that we're using to tell people about Jesus. You know, and we get to a place where we can't put a manger scene up. We can't put a cross up. We can't, we can't put Jesus saves up on anything. If you're at work, you can get fired for talking about Jesus at times. We can't let those things stop us. Because it is our job to tell people about Jesus. Now, when you're at work, just do it on your breaks and your time off. Don't do it when you're being paid to work because you're being paid to do something else, but be ready to share Jesus. He is the light of the world. And that's the whole purpose of our candlelight service is that we celebrate Jesus, the light. Being passed one person to the next person, lighting up, start out with this room, <laughs> but to light up the world. Jesus born into life to die because we could not do it. And you realize Jesus has to be the only way to the Father because otherwise he wasted his time. If there was some other way other than Jesus, Jesus should not have come and died because it would have been a great waste of time. He came because there was no other option. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Jesus died on the cross so that our sins would be forgiven. Because God is holy and just. He is absolute righteousness. You know, he has a standard. God's standard is perfection. When people stand before him and he goes, what have you done with my son? It would be because we are imperfect. Every one of us has at least one sin. Now, most of us probably have more than one sin, but we all have at least one sin in our life. I have plenty, at least one a day, if not one an hour. 
we have to keep this in mind. God's standard is perfection without sin. No blot. And I've shared with you, I had, I had a painter friend one time. He took me with him to buy canvas for his art. There must have been about 100 canvases there, and he found one out of the 100 that he said was perfect. And I'm going, what, what's wrong with him? He point little tiny dot <laughs> on a canvas was enough for him as an artist not to use that canvas. So this place actually had canvases in the back that were just for him <laughs> because he, was, he sold them. You know, he made money selling his art. But he was so picky because he goes, this one has an imperfection. This one had a dot. This one had a little dimple in the, in the canvas. And he goes, I can't use those. God's standard is even higher than his standard. Absolute perfection. And how did he do that? By his son coming to live in this world so that we could be forgiven. Coming to die on a cross so that he would be the light of the world so that we could be called his children. Very important for us to understand this whole process that God brought out. He came to pay. Very first uh, re reference to Jesus was in Genesis 3.15. Adam and Eve had just fallen, had just sinned, and Jesus said, God says, I'm going to send my son who's going to crush the serpent's head and the serpent will strike his heel. And it continued from that point on. Adam and Eve's sin was covered by taking their fig leaves off of them and putting an animal skin on them. How did God get the animal skin? I believe that he killed an animal and showed them that shedding of the blood was what was needed to be forgiven. Because when we get to Cain and Abel, Cain wanted to do with this thing, and Abel says, no, I'm going to shed the blood. Where did he learn that? From the very first sacrifice that was made. He knew that it took the shedding of blood for God to be forgiving of them. Our, our salvation comes from Jesus dying. He died on the cross. On the cross, he became sin. The, he became sin. The father turned his back on him, and he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then it became dark for three hours. God didn't let anybody else look at him either because he had become sin. He had taken all the sin of the world upon himself to die so that he could bury the sin and come back in resurrection. So when people come to God, they can say, why should I let you into heaven? Because Jesus died for me and came into my life. I've accepted that sacrifice. If people come to God and say, well, I, I was a really good person, God's going to say, you weren't good enough. Nobody is good enough to, to please God. We want to keep this in mind. We want to keep this in, as we go out and we share with people the reason for Christmas. If there's anybody that listens or hears this and doesn't know Jesus, today is the day for you to say, God, I'm a sinner. I need you in my heart. I deserve punishment because there's only one way to heaven. And that's through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by him, he said. That sacrifice was made to recognize that we are destined for hell without him and that we need him. And that's what I'm going to stop here because we're going to sing some more songs and then we're going to do a candle lighting at the end of this. So let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity we have. Lord, if there's anybody that needs to know you, we ask it right now that they will admit that they're a sinner to you, that they will just pray and say, God, I have made mistakes. I deserve punishment. 
I repent, I ask you forgiveness and come into my heart. And then they will share that with some Christians that they know. And we just thank you for all of this. We thank you for this night where we celebrate your birth, but more importantly, your birth for the reason that you came to pay the price of our sins. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.